now, Brandon Thick Boy Shop. What is up, fam? Monday morning, May 22nd. What is poppin'? Summer's coming up for your parent for the parents out there. Summer break. Get your mind right, right? Get your mind right. All your single friends without kids are like, oh, we're going to Hawaii, we're going to Cancun. Parents are like, oh, there we go. Buckle up. It's game time. For parents out there, it's game time. You're entertaining those little rugrats 24-7 for a few months. We put them in summer camp, cop out, put them in summer camp. My dad used to put me at the YMCA. I was there from 7 to 7. What's up? What's up? YMCA, what's up? I was tired of shit when I got home, though. Still, don't do that. A um, lot going on in the fight world. You had a lot going on this past weekend. This weekend, not so much. It's a slow weekend if you're a fight fan, but uh, hopefully you got your rocks off this past weekend. You had two big boxing fights. You had a UFC card, you know, so you had a little bit going on. Then, you know, what to what keep you afloat there is just the drama going on in MMA in general, it's like the real housewives of the ultimate fighter. It's just nonstop. Um, we can jump into if you want. You know what? I'll, I'll start with uh, I finally got around to the Conor McGregor documentary. Finally got around. I think it came out last week. I'm just saying I wasn't like ready at the minute it dropped to watch it like I'm a serial killer doc. But either way, um, I got around to it. Man despite how you feel about conor mcgregor it is so well done it is so damn good and uh i tweeted this out after i watched it a it's ridiculous but i had a sense of sadness because that was such a great time it's it was such a a unique time in mixed martial arts that I'm sad because I don't think we'll ever see it again. Now, I know people, and Dana says this, and everybody says this, oh, when Magic and Bird retired, it's like, oh, what's the NBA going to do now? Or, you know, when Barry Sanders retired, what's the NFL going to do now? And the UFC, it's when Chuck Liddell retires, what what is the UFC going to do now? I, no, I, I get that. This is different. This is different. Will the UFC have more generational talent and are they going to have superstars? Of course, no doubt. There's going to be talent that we can't even imagine coming up in the next 10, 15 years, no doubt. And will, will they be more skilled than Connor? Yeah. Cause that's the evolution of the game. No doubt. I'm not saying that we're not going to have superstars in the UFC. What I'm saying is you're never going to have another Connor McGregor. And that makes me sad. You're just not, I think he changed the game forever, and you only get those once in a lifetime. And I think why it holds dear to my heart too is when he was coming up, I just branched out on my own, right? I started with firing the kid and then I wanted to talk fighting specifically because, you know, Brian Cal knows fighting, loves fighting, but, you know, sometimes he doesn't watch it and he's not in the weeds like I am. So I want to do my own thing. So that's when I started the Big Brown Breakdown. That just so happens when I started, Connor's Rise started. So it's close to my heart because to me, that was such a special time and to cover it, right? And to go through that and for a guy of Conor McGregor's stature to to say the things that he did and pull it off, it's just so rare. 
Because now, you know, you have guys that are mimicking Connor and saying the, all these things, and they're not fulfilling that, right? They're not, they're doing it because they think it's what they need to do to sell the fight. Connor was the guy doing it because that's what he truly believed in his heart. And eventually we all believed it. It was very, you know, when Muhammad Ali would say these crazy things, you know, and it got all this traction, you never really saw that before. And he would guarantee this and I'll beat him here. And it was very similar to Conor McGregor. Though. It, was a, it was a magical time. It was a magical time, straight up magical time. I mean, when I was watching that documentary and it was going back over the stuff, I was like, oh my, I mean, some of it, you know, because I'm covering this all the time in the fight world, some of you are like, oh, what a special time, man. Like when, when they showed just the weigh-ins for a Conor fight and you see Dublin flying across the goddamn pond and it's packed with fans from Dublin or a press conference or the stuff you do at the press conference. It was not, we don't have, this is no disrespect to anybody in the UFC right now. We do not have that right now where it's everybody shuts down and tunes into what one fighter's doing. We don't have that. And that's not a, a, you know, no shade towards anybody in the UFC right now. It was a different time. And, and Connor's just a different animal, and he's the first to do it. It's when you look at those press conferences. I mean, the, you're talking about sold out, man, sold out. And we were hanging on every word, and just when, remember when he's fighting Jose Aldo and grabs the belt, and you're like, what the? And he's taking shots. He's taking shots with Dana and just talking all this trash, nuts, dude. And then his adversaries, like remember Jose Aldo. For those of you that are balls deep in the weeds in the fight game, Jose Aldo is a walking god man from the wc one of the greatest 145ers of all time and we thought connor's gonna get starched here man there's no way dude and he's oh, i'm gonna knock him out i'm gonna knock him You're like, okay dude and you know like if he lose that fight his career's going a different angle he's going a different route he just is and then not only does he knock him out which is so insane he, he knocks him out but then we see it comes out after that he called it not only he called it and then mimicked the exact same combo that he was going to do in the locker room before he did it out there. It's just, it's just, you can't write this. If Hollywood wrote the Conor McGregor script, they're like, no, dude, that would never happen. Hold on. He goes he, in the locker room before this massive fight who it's going to be a nightmare of a fight for him in every aspect. He talks all this trash. We know, but he's never beat a guy like Jose Aldo. Who's a better striker at the time. And he's going to call his shot, the exact same shot, how it's going to go down before he goes out there. The, you, Hollywood like, no, that's stupid, man. Nobody's going to buy this. Nobody's going to buy this. They're more likely to buy a Fast and Furious 9 when they're launching a Dodge Challenger into space and then shooting out for aliens. That's what they, you know, that's where Hollywood, there's no way. It was just a magical time, man. And it was a magical time because also... You know, it's just, not, yeah, Conor McGregor's the driving force, but then you had the Khabib drama, right? You had the, well, the Khabib drama was insane. Then you have the Nate Diaz stuff going on. You have the Chad Mendes. You have just all this stuff. And then he's the first to go over and do the Floyd Mayweather fight, which Dana recently, you know, we'll get to the Francis and got on Dana news, but Dana was like, to go against France, goes, yeah, even Anthony Joshua goes, oh, I don't want to do those those circus. I'm not doing these sideshow fights, these circus fights. Dana's like, yeah, you know, boxing wants real fights. It's like, Dana, don't forget the reason we're down this road is because you made the deal of Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. Like, that started this all. 
Like that was the catapult to the people and fighters and the audience going, oh, they can do that? That, that was the first. It was the biggest fight ever. Just So what Connor did, back to Connor, what Connor did was just the unimaginable, but now we're so used to it. But you forget where it started. When you watch that documentary, it's just such a special time. It made me sad. It made me sad because I don't think we'll have that again. It'd be tough to get it now. Because guys now, like when a guy says, oh, like when Connor says, oh, I'm going to fight Canelo. Or you have, uh, you know, Kamaru Usman say, I want to fight Canelo. Well, now it's like, yeah, we could see that happening. When Connor said that, that never happened. And he pulled it off. It was just, it's a special time in, in, my, in my life. And I think for all MMA fans out there. Now, a lot of people will say, man, the stuff he did, the antics he did outside the octagon has, you know, given me a different opinion on Conor McGregor. That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. But you don't get a dreamer, a madman like Conor McGregor. Has to be legit bit of craziness in that tank. You don't get a madman inside that octagon that dreams that big, and it doesn't spill out outside the octagon. It just it, it, it's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough. I'd love to see somebody that savage inside the octagon, that creative, that technical, that star driven, that freaking rocket fuel on his back and not spill out into his personal life. Show me an example. Love to see it. Love to see it. Michael Jordan, dude, he had his vices. Tell you that right now. Yeah. And also talking about a different time when there was no social media. His career would be completely different than social media. So you, give me a, an example of a guy that's living in the iPhone world that doesn't have it spill over. It's just not, it's not possible, man. It's just not. Yeah, the whole thing was amazing. I think it gives people a different perspective, too. When you see him with his kid, that choked me up with his son. God, dude. That little dude has no idea. No idea. It's nuts, man. And then I also, I think, too, a lot of people, you have to have respect for Connor. We don't see this with any fighters, but after he loses Khabib, he comes in the back. Remember, Khabib jumps off the octagon. It's all this mayhem. He's going for Dylan Dennis and it's all this stuff. And Connor gets out of there, and he's in the back before the decision. I'm sorry, before they even announced the the you know uh, the new whatever. What was it? Was it new? No, it was just for the the title. So when they announced Khabib was the winner, he's already in the back for the scorecard, all that stuff before you know winner by submission. He's in the back, and you see that. To Connor, it's it it is his life, man. It, it was not like this gimmicky thing where he's like, "Oh, at least I got paid." Like you see him devastated, devastated. And you see him go in, and I don't know if most people know this, but most of the time when you're watching a fighter at that level, even on the prelims, they're not 100 percent going into the fights. Like you see, Connor hurt, hurt his foot going into that fight. It wasn't. Horrible. I've seen fighters with way worse injuries. You see in other fights, he, he has injuries. I think it's good for the fans to see that and him still be able to perform. You know, I thought it was interesting too. His coach was saying how the camp for Khabib was a very dark time. He said like, it's very dark. Usually we have fun. There's a lot of energy. This kind of was just, it was a dark, the whole, the whole camp, the whole fight was dark. I was like, oh, that, that kind of made me sad. Let's take a little break from all this chatter about Francis Dana White, Connor Doc. I'm really rock hard, all right? So listen, uh, touring-wise, I'm in La Jolla, California, La Jolla Comedy Store. That is June 2nd through the 4th, right outside San Diego. The Comedy Store in La Jolla, one of my favorite venues. 
That kicks off the, the new tour. So that starts June 2nd through the 4th. That's two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday, the Comedy Store La Jolla. Then your boy's jumping on over to Europe, Belfast, June 15th. One show in every city, theater run. So Belfast, June 15th, Glasgow, June 17th, Manchester, June 18th, London, June 22nd, Cardiff, June 23rd, Dublin, Vicar Street, Dublin, one of my favorite places ever, Dublin, your boy's coming, June 25th. Get your tickets now at thickboy.com. This episode of The Shop Show is brought to you by a product that I use every single time I do anything important, whether it's stand-up, podcasting, Whatever it is, working out, your boy is all jacked up on Happy Hippo Kratom. Lately, I've been using their pouches. They're the first to ever market K-Dips. This is the Blue Razzle Kratom Extract Pouches. That's right. So you know I like to dip with my nicotine, but now I use a lot of Kratom pouches. My favorite's Blue, Ra- Blue Razzle. They have wintergreen. This is the first ever to market pouches for Kratom. This is a game changer. I love them. These are 20 milligrams. Get you some right now. I prefer the Blue Razzle. They got wintergreen, but your boy likes the Blue Razzle. The first ever K-Dips. Kratom dips? Come on, son. But if you don't want to use pouches, you want gummies, you want powders, you want the, the Kratom shot, which I use all the time, the highly extracted Kratom uh, shot in sour apple or butterscotch. You can get all that, all right? All you got to do is go to happyhippo.com. Promo code is THICK with three Cs, THICK23. You save 20% off everything. The K-Dips, the gummies, the powder, the shots, the energy shots, the best Kratom on the planet. It's Happy Hippo or nothing else. Happyhippo.com. Promo code THICK23, 20% off. Enjoy. Last but not least, this episode is also brought to you by the one, the only, the old faithful on it. That's right. Listen, your boy's busy. I get a lot of my plate, sometimes too much, and on it is my savior. On it helps me maintain focus in order to function in the zone, and I use it with Alpha Brain. I take the black label. They have it all. They have the regular Alpha Brain. Here's the thing. You can try Alpha Brain. No risk necessary you get your money back if you don't love it but you're well so there's no reason not to try it so you can get the regular alpha brain like everybody uses they sold over a million bottles or i take the black label that's the highly concentrated alpha brain for those peeps that have been using alpha brain for a hot second need to up their game the black label i swear by it and uh alpha brain with its black label the instant alpha brain the sh- the energy shot of alpha brain the freaking instant you put in eight ounces of water, the black label, the regular, it all supports cognitive functions, including memory, mental speed, and focus. Helps you in mental processing. It's caffeine-free. Helps you get in that flow state, that nice flow state. All right? On it also clearly offers equipment like kettlebells, steel club maces, standbag, yoga mats. They have streaming fitness, on-demand fitness, so there's no reason you have to go to the gym anymore. Do it from your crib. No reason to be thick. Summer's coming up. It's a thick boy summer. But cool, thick, right? And they also offer better nutrition for you. You have MCT oils. They got protein powders, protein bars, warrior bars, fish oil, multivitamins, total gut health. They got it all. Go to onit.com slash shop. You get 10% off everything I just told you, including Alpha Brain Black, the Instant Alpha Brain, the regular Alpha Brain, all the streaming fitness, the gear. Go to onit.com slash shop, 10% off. Now let's get back to the program. Some some of it just made me sad, but I think it was good to see a guy at Connor's level, see how much he cares, see how much he cares. It was really cool. And Dana was like, man, what happened? You know, Khabib jumped out there and Connor's like, I don't give a shit about any of that, man. What are you talking about? Just the way he was like with Dana, you can tell they are business 
partners. He's not, he's not like if, if I'm, if in my career, if Dan came back then, he was like, man, what happened? I'm like, well, sir, what I think happened, you know, I would be like, yo, can you believe it? that was crazy, man? Hey, you're still going to let me fight again. Right? Like Connor was like, what the fuck? I don't give a shit about all that, dude. All that's, all that's bullshit. Nobody cares. I lost the fight fair and square, man. That's what it is. You know, you're like, damn, dude. You realize that dude is a different level, man. Different level. It was so cool to see, and hopefully people appreciate it. And just don't, just don't focus on the outside the octagon things. I'm not, I'm not advocating co-signing what he's doing outside the octagon. As far as the 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 mischief, all that bullshit. Now, what you should, one of your takeaways, it depends how you're going to look at life. Glass half full, glass half empty. What you should do is look at what Connor's done outside the octagon and take some notes. As far as what he was able to do with his brand, are you kidding me, dude? With the whiskey, with his uh, the August, whatever, McGregor mm-hmm. line, all that stuff, the restaurants. There's a stout. It's nuts, dude. You know, now you can look at it. And he can say, yeah, but he did all this stuff and diminish, you know, all this crazy shit. You're missing the point. It's like this weekend, Jim Brown passed away, right? The great Jim Brown. Just so you guys know, right? I'm a lacrosse guy. Just so you know, he's a better lacrosse player than he was a football player. Granted, he's playing just against white guys. Still, that's all who plays lacrosse. And he dominated. Imagine Jim Brown as a midfielder at Syracuse. I think it was playing lacrosse. Good luck, fellas. So, uh, but point is, sorry, I'm that lacrosse rat. The point is, Jim Brown did so much in his career. Did so, I think, was it uh, eight time uh, rush setter as far as the you know the the most yards. Every, he was a rush king for eight years in a row. NFL, you know, Hall of Famer. Did all this crazy shit, right? He was an advocate during the civil rights. He was massive, massive in that. He was a face of that. He rallied the troops, fought against all that racism shit, all that stuff. Now, and it was also in Mars Attack. <laughs> One of my top five favorite movies. <laughs> he was in Mars Attack. Now, if you want, we can look at his dark side, and you can remember Jim Brown for his darkness. There's some horrible shit there, some bad stuff. Back in the day, bad stuff. You can't let that overshadow everything, man. You know, that's what I'm saying. With the Conor McGregor doc, I saw some of the comments like, oh, I, I quit watching after episode one because then you can see Conor falls off. It's like, oh my God, you're missing the point, man. You're missing the point. Yeah, all his stuff, his, his stuff's dark. Jim Brown's stuff is dark. And what's a bummer is like, some, I think like, might have been New York Post, someone was like, the day he died, it was like Jim Brown will be remembered for his great football skills, but never forget. You're like, damn, can you wait a week? You know? But yeah, that, that Connor stuff was cool, man. It was so cool. Again, special time for me because as Connor was rising, Big Brown Breakdown was rising. Then remember, the only reason I got my shot with Showtime is because they were doing the Connor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. They're looking for an MMA analyst who would back connor on winning the fight i'm your guy (laughs) i'm your guy tough gig tough gig um so that got my foot in the door with showtime and then you know i had a six-year career with showtime and uh yeah man it's just dear to my heart 
and watching that, dude, I teared up, dude. Oh. It was a good time. You were, you're all, you, exactly. I was you've part been of the along ride. on the ride, Jim, the ride. since That's day why, one. It was one of the, the most memorable times of my life. Me too, man. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Such a good time for us. Yep. Such a good time. Dublin too. Like ugh, going to Dublin, yep. dude. Going to Dublin. And I'm wearing, uh, I wish you would come this time, Jim. We're in, you're going to Korea? Take my parents to Korea. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit, dude. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wish I would go to. Yeah, that. no, we're in yeah. Dublin, um, June twenty fifth, uh, Vicar Street or some shit like that. We're in uh, Dublin uh, on the twenty fifth, but I'm gonna team up with Mac Life out there. Oh hell yeah! Again, they're, yeah, they're those dope. guys yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, one show only. That's a Sunday. Vicar Vicar Street. It's gonna be sick, man. Yeah, yeah. Dublin's favorite place I've ever been. Yeah, dude, probably top two. Cause I felt, cause every, like I uh, go to, uh, the UK, uh, my tour starts on the 15th. So mm -hmm. it's the last time I don't know, six years ago. But when I went, um, so we start in Belfast, which is Ireland. I don't, I don't know. Can, that's is where it Belfast? gets dicey. But Belfast is Ireland, but I, know that. I it, it's weird, right? Cause you can't use uh, the same flag. Yeah. It's Northern, Northern Ireland. Ireland. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's, it's dicey, man. <laughs> I don't know the ins and outs. And when I put up the Ireland flag, some people were like, how dare you? I'm like, hey, man, I, I don't know the politics there, dude. Yeah. I'm just trying to do my thing, man. How Be cool, work, bro. Yeah. Be cool, bro. But uh, yeah, we start in Belfast. Then it's Glasgow, Manchester, London, Cardiff, Dublin. Here's the thing. And I, I'm going to get outside London and Cardiff and Manchester and all that. But those those big cities i felt like i was in just a different city in america basically with some weird accents like same restaurants same shops for the most part the uh, i like like the old history so i need to get out right when i'm in dublin there wasn't a place i could go that mimics america mm. i felt for the first time like i was somewhere i've never been it was so dope can you remember after we had done with the shows there and we went to uh, that bar, bar across the street. That was the oldest yep. bar in Dublin. A lot of history there. They still had bullet holes from the Civil War. Yeah. It was nuts. And, all the, and I was like, I was starving. Like, we have crisp. I'm like, what was that, like chicken? Or like, no, they call crisp potato chips. And they shut down the bar and let us stay. The, and and the, I think Patty Houlihan was saying, like, they don't do this for many people at all. Yeah, that's right. Cool, but man. he stayed there as long as we wanted to stay there, the owner, and treat us like freaking like gold it was amazing i made a mistake but i refuse to apologize for it i'm gonna do the same thing when i'm there i put black current in my guinness and then there was an article written about you the next day <laughs> that i was gay next day or a day or two yeah that i was, was gay freaking for hilarious. putting that in your drink <laughs> hey man again i don't know you guys politics i know a tasty so drink funny. when i see one it was tasty oh my god yeah it's good best thing touch apparently lips you're not a hot second. yeah apparently let's sign yeah. you're gay which i was like hey this makes me gay <laughs> fill it up fill it up yeah, but that was a special time, man. Yeah, man. Special, so special time. Point is that Conor McGregor doc is amazing. Amazing. It's dear to my heart, but I'm sure it's dear to a lot of people's hearts. Like, we're not the only ones that went through that, Chin. Mm -hmm. No, everyone loved the rise of Conor. It was amazing. <sighs> yeah. And the ups and downs got kind of crazy. But that's but, what's dope. Yeah. The, like, I like the ups and downs. Uh, listen, I don't like the, you know, him slapping that old guy in the bar. <laughs> of course that, not. No, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not condoning that. Yeah. I'm saying I like the ups and downs. The 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 hostility towards Khabib that Khabib had towards him. The shit talking to Jose Aldo. Him even throwing the dolly. I like that. Nobody really got hurt. I like that. He's yeah, he's oh oh, is he insane? Yeah, dude. 
Yeah, yeah. You got to be a little bit. To be a dreamer, you got to be a little bit batshit mm-hmm. crazy, dude. You got to be a little different than everybody else. And not only was he, he completely different than any fighter we've ever seen, but he fought tooth and nail from nothing to become the single-handedly most powerful fighter to ever compete in the UFC. Even to this day, it's not even remotely close. Name a fighter. Who's your favorites? Your Mount Rushmore, Hoist Gracie, Chuck Liddell, Matt Hughes, GSP, Stylebender, Stylebender, uh, Anderson Silva, uh, Brock Lesnar. None of them hold a candle to Conor McGregor and the influence and power that he had over Dana White in the UFC. You, when you watch the doc, you realize they are partners. Everybody else is just a subcontracted fighter. Connor, you can see in this doc, they are partners. It's insane, dude. It will never be done again. He changed the game forever. You've got to respect that. Take your bias out. All the, you know, the antics he's done outside and all that. I get it. But that comes with the territory. I can forgive a lot of that stuff because what he did was so fucking special. That's why I always say I'm a Connor Dick writer. Have to be. What that, that, that guy at the time, like we took the risk, right? Doing all our things. Special fucking time, man. And it's never going to happen again. It's just not. Now, when I made that uh, tweet, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley was like, just sit back and wait. <laughs> 100%. Now, he has a lot of the same qualities as Connor does. Mm. And can he go on? Like, if he beats Aljo, is he going to be the next star? Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's He has a damn good chance to be the next face of the UFC and make more money than God for sure. But it's just, it's not the same as what Connor did. It's just not. And that's okay. It's just different times, dude. Cause it's been done. Cause it's been done. And we've never seen it before. You know? Yeah. Special, special time. Incredibly special. Yeah. Oh man. You watch it with the doc. And I think the good thing, I, I know how hard Connor trains on all that. I think it's good for people to see just, how relentless he is. Like we look up to the the work ethics of uh, Kobe Bryant, right? Like he was known for that. Um, certain guys in the NFL are known for that. There's guys in the MLB known for that. And then I think for Connor, you tend to forget that that's his first love and passion because we see all this crazy stuff and you see him in the Lamborghinis and the yachts. And then you see what a madman he is about training and getting better. I think that's the side people need to see because the great ones are like that. There's nobody great. There's nobody at that level that just half-asses it. And I think it's good for people to see that. The amount of work and the pressure, man. Nuts. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. Can't rec- recommend it enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Conor McGregor. Um, the, the other big news besides me just literally <laughs> deep throating Conor McGregor for 30 minutes is... Uh, the Francis Ganu and Dana White news uh, continues to roll on. Um, so it says Dana White, Dana White reacts to Francis Ganu signing with the PFL. It makes no sense to me. So I'll read what Dana said, and I'll, I'll read what Francis said, and I think my thoughts on it might surprise you guys. So this is Dana. Based on what I know about the deal, which is not much, I bet he knows more than we think. It makes no sense to me. You're going to pay a guy not to fight for a year, and it's already been like 18 months. He's fought three times in the last three years. 
the day that we released him, I knew exactly what was going to happen. France wants to take zero risks, doesn't want to take any chance, and he obviously didn't want to take a chance against John Jones after we saw what happened with Cyril Gaon. I don't blame him. I think the outcome would have been exactly the same, and I'm sure most of you do, and I think Francis does too. And that media, and the media makes it sound like I'm saying that he's afraid of him. I don't think he's afraid of anybody. It's just that he doesn't want to take any risk. Um, this is important here. So Dana says, PFL is going to pay this guy to train for a boxing match that might not even happen, that they might not even be involved in, which they won't be. How does this make any sense? Anthony Joshua called a gimmick fight this week. Francis could have done a deal here. Hunter threw the kitchen sink at the guy. I have info on that. Uh, Francis just thinks that he's in a position, position where he's got some Conor McGregor Mayweather fight on his hands, which he does not. MMA guys versus boxers doesn't make any sense to me. But I think he thinks uh, there's the the money's in it. I disagree. I get no beef with the PFL. These guys have always been super professional. Never talked any smack. You know me. If I don't like you, I don't hold back. I'll let you have it. I'm hearing that they're raising money right now, 280, 300 million from the Middle East. I don't know who in the hell would give them 280. I'm hearing they're buying Bellator. So you're an organization that's burning cash. You have no ratings and selling no tickets, and you're going to raise 280 million to buy a company that's burning cash, sells no tickets, does no ratings. Sounds fucking absolutely genius to me. So let's just start with that, Chin. This is what I want you guys to do. This is my opinion on this. This is what I want you to do. Take out your, let's pretend we have no background on Dana White. Let's just call Dana White Boss A. And you have no background on PFL or Francis Ganu. They're going to be, um, we'll call it Boss B, for lack of better terms there. What Boss A is saying from a business standpoint Dana is 100% correct. So if I walk into a bank chin, forget what you know about France, forget the coming from the Congo and the, the, the mining with the, the sand and the diamonds, what the hell he's doing out there and coming across and this insane story. Forget all that. We're talking business, which they also don't give a fuck about any of that. If I came to you, chin, and you're a big time investor and you have a billion dollars, I go, here's the thing, dude. So, um, going to sign this guy that's fought, you know, f- fights about once a year. He's 36, come off a knee injury, and we're going to give him uh, a portion of the gate. We're going to guarantee him whatever it is. What do they guarantee him? Fucking some millions of dollars. Let's just say we're going to guarantee him $10 million a fight. His opponent gets guaranteed $2 million a fight. I need $300 million to get this done. You would respond and go, okay, well, how's things going right now? Are you selling tickets? No, absolutely not. Um, Okay, well, the only thing that would make sense is if he's going to fight a big name. Do you have big name guys on the roster? Mm -hmm. No, we don't. Okay. Um, Have you done pay-per-view before? Well, it's really not our model, but we've done it once before. How'd that go? I think we did 20,000 pay-per-view buys. That's the worst I've ever heard. I know, I know, but hear me out here. Um, we're going to try and sign other guys from other leagues. What guys? Who's becoming available soon? Are they young prospects? Are people that are selling tickets already? No, we don't really know. We're hoping for Ben Rothwell. Oh, is he young? No, no, no. You know, so just from a business standpoint, it's, and I know Dana, obviously we know his background, so it's tough to, 
take that out of context, it's tough not to add that into this. But just from a business standpoint, this deal is great for Francis Ngannou. It's great for him, man. They could have said, yeah, we're giving him a hundred million guaranteed. All good. What Francis did was they, he did a great thing for himself. For the PFL, it is a disaster. I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want this to come out. I'm sure the, the right headlines of Shab hates on Francis. Not in, I love Francis. Francis has been on the show many times. I adore Francis and his agent, uh, Markel. Absolutely fucking love those guys. And what they did is amazing. That what they did is, you know, history in the making. The point is, is that PFL does not have the infrastructure to carry this through for this to be a success in any facet. Whatever metrics you're looking at does not show that this is going to turn out well for Francis Ngannou. It's just not. I hope it does. I hope they get this funding. I hope they get a uh, an opponent that people want to watch and see. All signs are pointing that this is a disaster for PFL. It's just business. That's all it is. I'm not hating on Francis. I'm not hating on PFL. This is very black and white. The numbers and history would show that this is not going to work out for PFL. Now, Francis might get his first fight and get paid a ton of money. But then after that, it's going to get a little dicey because the, the funding stops coming when they don't get the return. So by Dana White saying, like, you're just a hater. You don't want to see anybody do well. Dana's like, no, no, take out however I feel about Francis. As a business, he's a 36-year-old fighter that's demanding more money than we've ever paid. He's 36 coming off a knee injury. He's 36. The guy we want him to fight stylistically is the worst matchup possible for him. The odds are he will lose that fight. And this guy wants us to pay him more money than anybody else. We're good. So I side with Dana on this, which is rare. It's rare I side with the guy. As far as business goes, if you look at it, again, 36-year-old fighter, come off a knee injury, the guy we want him to fight, most likely he would lose that fight. Just be honest with yourself. He would lose that fight. So then you sign him to this massive deal. He loses a fight. Then what's next? What do you do? Then he's 37 by that time. Then he's 38. What do you do with it? You invested all this money. He's not going to be the face of the UFC. He already be the face of the UFC. Heavyweight champ was not the face of the UFC. It's still not selling crazy pay-per-views. So you're going to sign with this fight. He loses most likely. And you're telling me that then coming up behind there, Sergey Pavlovich, how's that go? Probably better than the John Jones fight, but still, you know, it's not a favorable fight for Francis. He might be a slight favorite, maybe, but either way, tough fight for him. So then your investment, you're looking at 0 and 2. The UFC did the right thing, let him go, which is insane to say. Yeah, did we miss out on the John Jones fight? Yeah, that sucks, dude. I would love to see that. I'd love for both those guys to get paid. Now, when Dana says uh, Mick Maynard threw the kitchen sink at him, they offered, and I think uh, uh, Francis' coach said this, Nick, he said, they offered Francis $8 million guaranteed plus pay-per-view to fight John Jones. Big payday. But then after that, it goes back to his normal pay. And Francis like, no, that's what I'm trying to get away from, that normal pay. But the UFC has a business going, you don't understand. We assume you're going to lose this fight, dude. Then after that, this is your value. And then after that, we're tossing you 
that what's that fucking Almeida kid, the fucking grappler, um, which Johnson, yeah, the nightmare. It's not a you know, it's not good for Francis. Then Sergey Pavlich, not good for Francis. So you see, he's going win or lose, you're gonna make a ton of money because the John Jones fights can be massive. After that, it gets dicey for you, and this is what we think you're valued at. Be like, oh, you're disrespectful. Could they pay him more? Hundred percent. From a business standpoint, what they do, that's what they're saying. Dana is not wrong on this. Sometimes it sucks because we have our favorites. We have people that we love. Francis stories. How can you not like Francis and Ganu, dude? Amazing story. Amazing story. But at the end of the day, if you're a business, you cannot care about people's feelings and their background and their story. It does not matter. What matters is what's putting butts in the seat, what's selling pay-per-view tickets for Endeavor, for WME, for Disney, for Mickey Mouse. That's all they care about. Francis is not that guy. Just isn't. This isn't me hating on Francis or hating on the PFL or sucking Dana off. has nothing to do with that. This is very black and white. Dana's right. He's 100% right. Now, I'm not saying he can't pay the guys more. That's not the point of this conversation. Of course you can pay him more. You look at how much they made last year, the biggest year ever. They could pay these guys like a De- Deontay Wilder fight. They're just not they're not doing that. That's a whole different conversation. For their current model, Francis does not benefit, does not work under their model. That's all this is. And Dana's going, PFL, I don't get it. And he's right. So the big payday for Francis is not PFL. That's going to be a one-time thing. There's not enough depth on the roster to get it done. And if they do sign like a Stipe, let's say, because Stipe is almost at the end of his contract. So let's say Stipe and John fights uh, in November at Madison Square Garden, which is what I heard is going to happen. You think Stipe wins that fight? Probably not. Probably not. Again, no disrespect to Stipe. I just don't think he beats John Jones. Whoa. So then after that, let's say Stipe is a free agent. So let's say the UFC releases him of his contract. So the PFL signs Stipe, which we've seen now, right? You're telling me that's going to be your big buyout? That's going to be the one that does it? No. Who else you got? Verdum? You just go through it. Simple math. If you're an investor, like, there's no way, man. There's no way. There's no way. I just, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. And then you got to remember, too, for France, again, we care more about Francis than PFL at this point, right? We're, we're Francis fans. I don't know anybody at PFL, really. But with Francis, he, the whole way this thing's going to work out, if he does get that, as Dana said, which is he's so off calling a gimmick fight. You're the one that started this, dude, right? The Connor Floyd. You're the reason this, is, this whole door has opened. You made it possible. Once someone sees something happen, it gives everybody else hope. It's like when that first guy to break the five-minute mile – then like 50 people fucking broke it. Like, hold up. Humans can do that? That's how fighters work. Hold up. Connor can do that? Now the floodgates are open. And then Jake Paul and Logan Paul. This all started with Dana White. So you can hate on all he wants. He's the reason all this is happening. And then gimmicks. Bro, you own the... I got to light Dana up a little bit here. I just sided with him. Dude, gimmicks. You own the slap fight, league. And the numerics that you use to say it's crushing all these other leagues is TikTok. You're 50 years old, dude. You know? That's a gimmick. Francis fighting Deontay Wilder, Francis fighting Anthony Joshua is not a gimmick. 
Because I'll tell you right now, if Francis lands that right hand on them, they're getting knocked out. That is not a gimmick. Francis can win those fights. Are the odds are he lands? No. That's not a gimmick, though. That's a real fucking fight, dude. Don't disrespect Francis. I don't like when a guy leaves and he, he devalues him. That's why I don't like. Just say no comment, you know? But that's why Dana is who he is, and he's at where he's at, because he does talk like this. Comes with territory. All I'm saying is for Francis, the only way him leaving the UFC becomes a win for him is if that boxing fight comes to fruition. That's the only way this is a good thing. The PFL is going to be one and done. It's going to be so much money. They've thrown their fucking, they're banking on him. That's not going to work out. I hope it does. I hope I'm wrong. History would show that's not going to work out. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the stars. They're not known as a pay-per-view model. They don't sell tickets. Francis wasn't a big ticket seller with a monster marketing machine in the UFC. What makes you think he goes to the PFL and all those things change with lesser competition, lesser stars, lesser names? And then you're giving the guy part of the gate? Makes no sense. The only way this works out for France, besides the one fight, whoever he fights, an old Stipe, a Verdum, a Ben Rothwell, something like that, that's, that's the MMA side's not going to work out. They, it's just not going to work out. How this becomes a W for Francis is if that boxing fight comes to fruition, odds are he loses that, hopefully he doesn't, but he makes all the money doing that. Then MMA is just a side piece at this point. But unfortunately, for the PFL... They're the main chick. He's their main chick. He doesn't view them as the main chick. They're a side piece in this equation. He's married to the boxing game. That's where he's going to make his money. Not the PFL. PFL goes belly up. Too much? <laughs> That's what I think. What do you got, Chin? Oh, yeah. So what do you think of Francis's rebuttals to this? So these are all his tweets that he yeah, But what's your problem with me? I completed my contract was a free agent and chose to walk away. You didn't release me. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Dana has an issue with that. Dana's more pissed that he didn't get the John Jones fight. But Dana did say, like, I, we released him, which wasn't really the case. He did fulfill his contract, right? So The only caveat with that, again, uh, it's hard for me to back Dana on this, but the, just looking at it from an unbiased opinion, could the UFC offer Francis a contract that trumps PFL? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, they have the money. They have more well, money than all of them. He just didn't. He just didn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So could the UFC have kept Francis? If they actually want him, 100%. Mm. We could have, they, when you look at how much money they made last year, the biggest year ever, they have the money to pay Francis and John just like a Canelo gets paid, just like a Conor McGregor gets paid for fighting Floyd Mayweather. They have that option. So if they truly thought that Francis was that guy that could pull those numbers, trust me. They would have absolutely annihilated the PFL's contract. They would, they, to, so by releasing, I think people think, well, you didn't release him. We fired his contract. They're like, no, we're legit saying we have the capabilities to keep this man. And we did not. We released him out into the wild. Go get yours, dude, because we don't think it's for you here anymore. That's what they're saying. They're saying the only fight that we wanted to make was the John Jones. After that, you ain't shit. That's what they're saying. I'm not saying that. That's what the UFC saying. The only fight that we can make money off of you and that people are going to pay attention to is the John Jones fight. You're going to lose that fight. We just want you for that one fight. That's why we're giving you $8 million and pay-per-view points. After that, 
You're just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Francis went, I'm not just one of the guys. I went, cool, walk. So when he says release in contract terms, yeah, he's wrong about that. The UFC could keep anybody they want. They have more money than any organization that you know. It's just up to them who they want to keep. Now, if this is Connor, there's a reason Connor keeps saying, I'm going to resign with the UFC. Like he did the interview with Ariel from his bar out there in uh, Dublin. He's like, I'll resign with the UFC 100% because he knows. The UFC knows Connor can lose a fight. Numbers still show. They would never let Connor go to the PFL. Not a chance. Yeah. They would throw the fucking entire bank account at that guy because, in a business sense, he backs it up. Francis doesn't. He was on finally getting paid and respected and have a deal that's fair and equal for all parties. Wrong. <laughs> it's equal for Francis. Any business guy would argue this is not equal for PFL. They're in a world of trouble. If you ever if you ever really want that John Jones fight to happen, reach out to Pete Murray PFL. That's not happening. Yeah, it never happens. And then Francis posted this about uh well, I'll just play it for you. It's on Twitter, so it should be fine. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Man, the idea of a John Jones fight seems awfully exciting right now. And John came out, tweeted, said, show me the money. What, what appeals to you most? Because it seems like that would be a, an amazing super fight. If I'm John Jones and I'm home watching this fight, I start moving to 85. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think that's a fight that you'd like to put together next? I mean, sure. We don't match make, but that sure does seem exciting. Listen. Wait, hold on. Pause it. What's he talking about? Francis and John? Francis and John. So he was saying, like, John, this... John would not want to fight Francis because Francis would win. This is way back. At oh, God, I was going to say, Dana looks super heavy. Yeah, he's, too. I thought he was in more shape. Thicker. <laughs> way thicker. It was a while ago. You look like me when I was an alcoholic. <laughs> and then I tightened it up, baby. Tightened it up. Thanks, Rises. But yeah, so this is a while ago. Um, so that's why Francis said, uh, who's scared really? And uh, make up your mind. But that's all, But remember, Dana, that Dana always dangles the carrot. To try, oh, of John, course. the greatest of all time, scared of Francis and, Fr- and John sitting at home like this motherfucker. He's trying to get John, po- he's poking the bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a promoter. Stylistically, there couldn't be a worse matchup for Francis than John Jones. It is what it is. What Francis did to Cyril Gunn, Francis team went, holy shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's a, it's a good post by Francis, but if you go back to that stuff, that's a promoter being a promoter. Yeah. That's all he's doing, poking mm-hmm. the bear. Does anybody in this room think Francis beats John Jones? 
Not really. You no. be honest. No, I mean, obviously Francis has a shot. But of course he has. Yeah. If he lands, he's yeah. the hardest hitter I've ever seen. But I don't think ultimately he would win. No, I just don't. Not chance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, John's probably getting even better, like physically into his body, his heavyweight body right now. So I don't know. I mean, the Cyril Gan, you know, Francis beat him through grappling, mm-hmm. which is insane, uh, with one leg. That shows you Francis is a savage. Yeah. Got it done by by all means necessary. But if you watch Francis and Cyril Gan, and then you watch John Cyril Gan, and MA math doesn't really work, but you just look at the that version of John. Come on, dude. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, he looked insane. Dude. It, it, was, it was the easiest fight in his entire career. He didn't even look that physically fit either. He was no. just so fucking had a kind strong. of a belly and was just like, yeah. get the fuck, get over here. Yeah. Like like I do my kid. I was like, get, get down. Choke. I know. It was insane. Like And not like a sophisticated, crazy choke. Just bullied. Get stupid bitch. It's so, yeah, it's a trip. And Cyril's entire camp was not to get taken down. Shut up. Dude. 12-week camp. Come here, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, Jones is a scary dude. Give me that belt. No, he's the best we got. What else you got? Uh, So I'm sure you've heard about this at least by now. Tyson Fury talking smack about Joe Rogan. Because he said, uh, Joe Rogan mentioned, like, if Tyson Fury and and, uh, John Jones were in a room, John Jones is the one that's going to be walking out. Right? If it was like an actual fight fight. Mm-hmm. Not just a boxing match. Yeah, then, it was like uh, a street fight. Yeah, so I'll just play with Here's my thing. I saw this, and we can play it mm-hmm. for the fans. How are you going to be bald making fun of another bald guy? I was just telling Casey that. <laughs> you know what I'm so saying? If he, had like my, if he had a full set of hair yeah. like this, and like, you bald bitch, then it's like, yeah, get him. When you're bald, <laughs> making fun of another bald guy doesn't work. For I know. It was Fury. <laughs> and Fury's my favorite combi- co- combat athlete in the sport. Yes, you've said it Him many and times. Him and Connor. Yeah. Connor UFC, Tyson Fury, boxing. Uh, boxing. By far, Tur- Fury's my fucking favorite. Don't go for Rogan. <laughs> All right, let's play it real quick. I'm the baddest man on the planet. I heard Joe Rogan say something about me the other day, and I've been off all the social media, so I didn't reply to that little pussy. Little fucking midget, bald headed midget. I heard him say that John Jones could fuck me up if we went in the room together. I don't think so. Not a man born for him. Mother can fuck me up in a room on our own. Whatever happens in that room, I'd be walking out. Not a fucking problem. I mean, I, I do. I don't. I mean, Rogan's right as far as, you know, I mean, of when course, it comes to hand to hand combat. But, um, I, you know, it's not like a, an Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder situation where they're just straight boxers. Like, remember, Fury's a gypsy. You know, he's going to have to answer for that wrestling jiu-jitsu, which is a complete disaster. Rogan's right, but you got to give Fury a little credit. You know, he's, he's to me, he's the greatest of all time. Hmm. Greatest everywhere of all time. If you want to have that debate, come on the show. I will destroy you. <laughs> Who's your guy? Bring it on. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it, again, Real Housewives of the UFC. All this is like that drama. Okay. Okay. It's just weird. How are you going to be bald? Call another guy. Make fun of a guy. <laughs> that was bald. the only odd part, but yeah. You make fun of his height because Tyson Fury is whatever, 6'8". That's fine. Rogan's short as shit. That's fine. But making fun of his baldness, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Great video, though. And then uh, so John Jones responded with a tweet. Hey, Tyson, it seemed like Joe may have struck a nerve. I'll admit there's no one touching you in that ring right now. But let's not let that confuse you with what would happen if you stepped foot in my cage. If you ever want to put some of those questions you got going on to rest, give Dana a call. I'll help you out. And then Tyson was like, meet me in the box and we're <laughs> pussy. <laughs> I'll play this video real quick. Yeah. He retracted. Jones has piped up. 
John, you're talking about me in a cage. I'm not a cage fighter, mate. I'm a boxer. The best boxer, actually. Um, so if you want to come into a boxing ring and fight me, be my guest. Let me know. You don't have to call anybody else. No Darners, nobody. You call me. Darners. a boxing fight, and I'm the boss in this game. Me. Um, you're a great fighter, John, but you're no, definitely no boxer, and that's for sure. All the best. Good luck. John's like, yeah, I never said boxing, dude. Here's, here's what's interesting about this, though. John smokes... Tyson Fury in a, in a UFC octagon. Mm -hmm. Tyson Fury smokes John in boxing mm -hmm. ring. It's so stupid. This is basically, I know it's combat sports. That's basically like, uh, that's like Jokic calling out, you know, uh, uh, Jared Allen or some shit like that. He's two completely different things. Of course you're going to dominate in that. It's weird to always make that comparison. Yes, boxing is an aspect of mixed martial arts, but it's completely different. Smaller gloves, the distance, the combos, completely different. Footwork, completely different. Different sport, for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is how John responded. Yesterday, Tyson says, no man born from a mother can beat me. Today, he says, John can never beat me in a boxing ring. Yeah, I'm glad we got that clarified. You just switched your beat up faster than Travis Barker. Impressive. Yeah, he was like, whoa, you're not yeah. talking about UFC, man. I'm kind of digging this John Jones and Tyson Fury beef, though. Yeah, two of the best going yeah. at it. That's cool. cool. And I'm glad he gave Travis Barker a shout out there too. That's cool. That's my guy. <laughs> um, it's also silly though, right? Yeah, and this is go this is going down like a crazy path too because a bunch of people are getting involved, including Jake Paul. Oh, more people got involved. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. So this is Francis Gano responding to Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury did say like he's calling all these different people, but he didn't mention Tyson. Uh, Francis Ngannou, he called out all the boxers, right? But you know he went to call out whoever's free to fight. So uh, Francis says, I have been here the whole time. Since none of these boxers want to fight, let's make it official. That's what's scary. That means Francis has no, like, no big fish on the line for boxing. And like I told you before I won that rant with PFL, Dana, and Francis, the only way the Francis deal works out for him, not PFL, that's a different story. The only way it works out for Francis if he gets that big boxing yeah. fight. From that tweet, sounds like it ain't happening. Seems like it. Yeah. Anthony Joshua's like, I'm good. Yeah. And also, Tyson has so much going on in the boxing world. As far as the Usyk fight is really what boxing wants to make. Mm -hmm. You have Usyk, you have Dante Wilder there, you have uh, Andy Ruiz, who I don't know if that's any current events. His girlfriend hacked his Twitter and it got weird. No. Oh, it got weird. You can look that up. Right. It got weird. But um, so Francis uh, needs to complete so many things in boxing. It'd be weird. I guess he could do it in the meantime till they figure out the Usyk stuff. But when I see that from Francis, I'm like, oh, shit, man. Nobody's biting. That's that sucks, dude. Because remember, we thought for sure that was going to happen. And I think Francis was so sure that was going to happen. That's one of the reasons he was so kind of confident leaving the UFC because yeah. if someone I guarantee if someone came to him and said while he's in going through the negotiation with the UFC he went hey just so you know Tyson things never happening dude we spoke to Tyson he said it was fun back and forth he didn't think this was actually going to happen he's more focused on Usyk and his sport that's never going to happen dude maybe Dante Wilder down the road you're talking two three years from now that's slight probably five percent chance but as you're going into negotiations with Dana just know boxing's never happening I would be willing to bet he would sign with the UFC. The only reason is with PFL is because they're allowing him to box. Boxing's yeah, the biggest 
mystery in all this that's probably not going to happen, which I fucking hate saying that. Yeah, hopefully it does, though, for Francis. Yeah, yeah I hope it happens for him, man. That would be a huge win for Francis. So Jake Paul said, uh, and I remember, I pretty, I'm pretty sure Tyson Fury said this way back, like I would take Francis in an MMA fight and yeah. a boxing fight, right? Back and forth. So Jake Paul pretty much said the same thing, like two-fight deal, uh, boxing and MMA. And then the f- one fight would be in the UK for uh, you know, Tyson, and one fight would be in Africa. Here's the elephant in the room. Francis needs Tyson. Tyson doesn't need Francis, and that's why this sucks. Mm-hmm. You need both guys need it the same. So when Floyd and Connor fought, they both needed it. Connor needed it, right, at the time. Floyd was older, n- nothing really for him in boxing. Needed it. They both wanted the fight to happen. Francis is the only one that wants this to happen. Tyson can take it or leave it. Tyson has so much. Usyk is a huge challenge to him, man. If you don't know who Usyk is, look him up. He's a he's fucking such an entertainer nightmare. <laughs> he's never lost. Olympics, professional, unreal. Smaller gentleman, by far the most technical heavyweight boxer we've seen in a hot fucking second. Gets it done. Beat Anthony Joshua twice. Savage. That's who Francis is focused on. Uh, the Tyson. I'm sorry, Tyson Fury's focus on. Tyson does not need Francis. Francis needs him so bad. And it's sad, dude. It sucks. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. And here's the thing, too. Let's say Tyson fought Usyk, right, and lost. There'd be a rematch clause. He loses that. So that you're probably looking at two years from now. Once Francis has nothing else going on in the boxing world, then I think you'd entertain this. Right now, it's just it's just... Unfortunately, it's just not favorable towards Francis. It's just not. Sucks. So do you think- Who's it benefit? Would, if you look at it, if, 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 if Tyson decides to do this fight against Francis yeah. in MMA boxing, does it benefit Tyson? No, he's the massive favorite. Money-wise, he can make money anywhere. Can Francis make money anywhere? Mm-mm. Does, 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 does Tyson Fury's promotion make a ton of money off that deal? Mm-mm. Is it good for PFL? Yeah, it's great for them. Is it good for Francis? Great for Francis. Again, it's very one-sided. But that's do you the think problem. that uh, that fight? So, do you think Tyson Fury versus Francis would make more pay-per-view buys than uh, Usyk and uh, Tyson? Because I don't know what would happen. I don't either. I don't know. The shitty thing too is we haven't seen Francis in a hot second. Last yeah. time we saw him was that lackluster fight against Cyril Gone on one leg, grappling, not showcasing his boxing. It almost be better. Francis took a fight this year. It's not happening. But if I'm his manager, hey, your knee's good. Let's take a fight against anybody that the PFL has to offer. Starch this dude into the fucking knockout realm. Up one of those vicious uppercuts like you did uh, over him. Highlight that. Do a hot promo against Francis or against Fury. Because right now it's like it's kind of lukewarm, right? Mm. Yeah, he hasn't been. No, he's been out of, out for a hot second. He's not very active. Okay, so after Jake Paul posted this, uh, there's no word from Tyson Fury at all. Um, and also someone kind of talked about Jake Paul as well, saying like, why don't you do the same kind of thing, like two-fight deal, MMA and boxing with Nate Diaz? And then Jake Paul is claiming that he offered it to Nate in writing, but Nate didn't take it. Which I don't know if that's real or not, but... Yeah, I don't know. It, don't, it wouldn't even make sense. I, I would imagine Nate would 100% take an MMA fight with him. Yeah, and just mop the floor yeah. with him. Yeah, it'd be an awful fight for Jake. Yeah, so that's but, but again, problem. Nate Nate upholds the the kind of fighter ethics. He doesn't do the sideshow shit. 
that him taking a fight with Jake Paul shows that Nate in takes boxing. Jake serious in boxing. Yeah. In MMA, nobody's taking him serious. <laughs> you can't. He's giving him a break, basically. Yes. But also, that's Nate's not like these other guys who will just do whatever it takes to get the money and the views. That's why people love Nate. He's authentic. Yeah. Nate's saying, you haven't earned a right to fight me in MMA. Yeah, but you will make $20 million. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to ruin my late, my brand, my reputation to fight you in MMA. There's no upside for me. You haven't earned that. Mm. He thinks he's earned it in boxing. All righty. Um, I don't think we talked about this on this show yet, but um, so the whole UFC 291 card is amazing. Right Oof, now. it's yeah. tasty. So Dustin we needed Poirier, this. And I, it, Dana's so petty. It's kind of, I, sometimes it's fun when people at his level are this petty. The Francis Ngannou news comes out, and Dana's like, say less. You'll see 291. Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, take my fucking money. For the BMF belt. Oh, which that belt's so stupid. <laughs> but you have Jan versus Alex Piera. That's I incredible. want Alex to win that fight. So, again, nothing against Jan. I just think Alex at 205, is, there's so many fun matchups. Jan's had his run, was champ, right? Let Alex do his thing. Eat that uppercut for me, and let's do our thing. Because then Alex, you know, Alex versus Jamal Hill, Yuri, it's so fucking fun if he wins. Jan's going to be heavy gr gr grappling his entire camp. Tony Ferguson, Bobby Green, take my money. Paulo Costa versus uh, Ikram. Yeah, don't know much That one's that weird. Guy. To me, that's how you know. So that just when I saw that, mm -hmm. so he's fighting this guy we've never heard of, right? He lost to Hamzat. He's fighting a guy we've never heard of. Yeah. When I saw that, because we thought Paulo Costo and Hamzat was having that middleweight, I went, oh, we're getting Hamzat Kamaro 100%. Guaranteed you get Hamzat Kamaro now. Guaranteed. Mm. The, oh, that should have been Hamzat. The only reason it's not, because Hamzat and Kamaro is going down. Guarantee it, money in the bank. <laughs> Guarantee it. When you see that, like, oh, that makes sense. Then after that, you have Wonder Boy versus Michael Piera. Awesome. Take my money. Yep. Derek Lewis, uh, DeLima, fun one. Michael Chiesa, Kevin Holland, take my money. Yep. Fight is stacked, son. Got to do a fight yeah. campaign for that. For sure. Have to. Uh, this is also news i guess ufc is returning to sydney to australia and they have like three different pay-per-views set up for that that place and the first one's going to be on september 10th and that's supposed to be the winner of drinkus duplessis and robert whitaker facing israel Ooh, take my money yeah. does anybody think duplessis beats whitaker in here i don't think so man then we get we get whitaker which i don't mind He's I know. the best. He's the best. It's kind of it'd be cool to see the matchup between Drikus and Stylebender, especially because of the drama. But yeah. Do I think he's going to win? No. Against, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah, I think Izzy absolutely mops the floor with two places. By the way. Yeah. It is what it is. All right, that'd be great if we can do that in Australia too. A fight campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Why not? Perhaps. Uh, and I just saw this too. I don't know how legit this is, but it says the UFC is eyeing Corey Sanhagen versus Umar Namagamedov, who nobody wants to fight, right? Tough fight for Corey. Yeah. So this is Corey's record as of late. Two-fight winning streak against Song Yudong and Marlon Vera. They look great against Cheeto. Song Yudong looked amazing. And I then, mean, probably the toughest matchup for... Uh, and he's like... 
Umar's like Mega lower Metal. ranked, but he's just a killer. Nobody wants to fight yeah. him. Sixteen and zero. He's a fucking monster. God, shout out to Corey. Look at that dude. Yeah, he's just starching dudes. <laughs> get on Corey to give that guy a shot. If he's yeah, if this is legit news, but um yeah. Um, and also, so Dana White got a little bit upset at Aljamain Sterling because Aljamain was on his podcast saying like, yeah, he's going to take the fight. Um, but he's like his body, there's like di different injuries. So yeah, Ray Longo, shout out to Ray Longo came out with that. It's news to us. We didn't accept the fight. Oh, snap. Yeah. He was like, we never accepted the fight. Dana came out and said that news without us accepting. That happens sometimes too, right? All the time. Yeah. All, a lot of time. Here's the thing for Aljo and Ray and Ray, you know, I love you, buddy. You taking the fight? <laughs> they announced it. That's how. This I know. Works. And Aljo did say something later. I'll show you. But oh, no, you so, taking the fight? Yeah. No, no, no. This. Yeah, Dan's like, oh no, we didn't run by you because we run things, and that's what I announced, and you're taking the fight. And that's August August nineteenth in Boston against Sean O'Malley. Yep. Yeah. But then uh, Aljo came out and was like, "Let's do it in July." Yeah, and then and then uh, uh, Sugar was like, "Nah, we'll yeah. do it in August." <laughs> he goes, "If you're ready, if you're really ready," he's like, "I'm not ready." He goes, "I ain't." We'll do it in August. <laughs> oh, that's his body as of now. But um, oh yeah. So since this happened, uh, since Aljo said he goes, he's, he says his bicep still sucks. He's gonna get an MRI, and then uh, his leg is super sensitive to the touch right now. Um, then Dana White kind of went off on went off on him on a, the post fight press conference. Did he really? Well, he's saying like, yeah, we. I, Aljo's kind of tough to deal with with this kind of stuff. He's always in his own way, kind of stuff, and he's like. Uh, he just wants to put his best foot forward in the fight, Dana. <laughs> hey, Dana, you never fought before, bro. I know you see a decision like, oh, he didn't get knocked out. He's ready to go. No, dude. Camp is tough. The fight is tough. Henry Cejudo's fucking tough. Yeah, and he his just leg fought. kicks were good. He just fought. Mm -hmm. For you to announce his fight without running by him, this guy's difficult. No. He's just not 100%, dude. That's how you know he's never fought before. So uh, this is what Dana White said about... Um, yeah, even like some reporter, he's like telling him like, "Hey man, how can you guess who uh, called me to you know to say that this this fight's not going to happen between uh, Aljamain and Sean because Aljamain's going to bounce?" And then someone just said Henry, he gave him a hundred bucks, like a bet, whatever. But this is what he said about Henry Cejudo. He said Henry Cejudo called him and said the little pussy doesn't want to fight, referring to Aljamain. No, so he wants to. It's not take that he doesn't place. want. Of course he wants to fight. For Aljo, he thinks the Sugar Sean fight's easier than the Cejudo fight. Of course he wants that fight. That's the fight he won even before Cejudo. He came on this show and said that. He wanted the Sugar fight. He just wants to be 100% healthy. Yeah. I don't know why Dana White damages his product. This sells your pay-per-views. This makes money for your company. Why devalue the guy? I don't get it. So this is the quote that you're talking about. Since, uh, yeah, since Aljamain heard about what Dana said, he goes, fuck it, let's do uh, July 8th. He said, F it, let's run in July 8th, see if you're really built like that. He goes, <laughs> sure, but I ain't, see you August 19th. It's so funny, dude. And uh, this was also interesting. That, so I guess after, it was, yeah, one week, he gained, uh, this is Aljamain Sterling. After one week, he gained about a, 34 pounds. Yeah, that weekend's a beast to him. That's why 45 <laughs> makes sense for him. He, he, he's been in here. He's not small. He's a big dude. By little, I mean a lot. I'm about to jump in the sauna. Sweating good now. We are sweating good. I'm 
Funky the Fatty, or Chunky the Funky, or Funky Chunky the Batty Patty. Funky Chunky Batty Patty Fatty Batty. Okay, that was bad. It was corny funny. Whoa. But yeah, he gained a ton of weight. Yeah, thick. He deserves it though. He just won a massive of fight. Of course, yeah. But this is what guys do. They need a break. Um, so I don't know much about this fighter, but um, I guess this fighter was poor, right, at some point, and he trained with Colby Covington, and he was just saying how people don't know the real Colby Covington. Colby Covington would actually buy him food. I always tell you guys this. Yeah, like he's actually he's a really good such guy. A good dude, yeah. yeah, so this guy. That's guy's why like, I, when he came on the food truck, I was like, hey, can you please not do the gimmick with me? Can <laughs> we just have a conversation? He's like, ah, I wish I could, man. Like he's gotten down this rabbit hole again. If you asked him, I'm sure he has a great house, his bank account's bank accounts fat if you ask them hey when you go down this road in hindsight and have all this hate and all these people view you different would you do it again i bet you'd say no so you put kobe Covington. he's such a great guy kobe Covington sometimes would bring food for me at the gym people say what they say and want to avoid him but that guy's a great man you have to know him to kind of know him just like me you know at the end of the day is business yeah he said nothing there <laughs> And so this guy's name is Themba Garimba. You have to know him to know Garimba. him. If you know like me, he's a good guy. In the day, it's, it's business. Broken. It's probably broken English, though. It, well, whoever fucking translate, help me out here. Uh, that meant nothing. <laughs> uh, that's Alden. Hold on. What's this? Oh, this is for later. This is for Fighter of the Game. Yeah. Fight the game. Oh, this I thought was super cool. This is Ian Gary and D-Rod. After the fight, they're just like smoking weed together and just chilling and talking. And I can't play the music, so. Oh, they're playing music? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, so Ian Gary really went to town on D-Rod, and it's just cool that the fighters can do that afterwards. D-Rod dresses so much cooler. You know, he's he comes from, like, the hood. hood. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The story's pretty crazy. He's like uh, East LA guy. Yeah. Jordan 11's there. Uh, so we talked about this before on, I don't know which episode, but before. So Israel Adesanya's ex-girlfriend, apparently... She's trying to assume for half of everything that they that he owns since they've been together, which is so. How long were they together? Weird. I don't know. Maybe a few years. I don't but know. But not seven. Like, They're not, not even married. It's though. not legal. But in California, le it's uh, it's legal marriage if you're together seven. Years Isn't if it with kids though? Like if you don't have, like say you're not married, but you have kids. It doesn't matter. So if you're just together with a girl for seven years. Yeah, longer than seven years, you're common oh, law marriage in California. F that dude. Yeah. I don't know how New Zealand works. They do some weird shit out there. Shout out to New Zealand. But that's insane for her to say that. If it's true, I mean, uh, I've seen a lot of reports. Shooting? Huh? She was in the gym, gym shooting. Where were you those days? It's crazy. It's so lame. Does anybody support that? No. They're only like, get it, girl. Hell no. That's Girlfriend so asked for half? Dude. Come terrible. On. And I didn't know this, but... I. Or maybe we might have talked about it a long time ago, but uh, Grant Hill's daughter, she's an MMA, like a, I think she's amateur MMA. Yeah. And she's been killing it so far. A lot of submission wins. So sort of tapping that person out. debut. Yep. Four days later, I'm still in awe. My daughter, uh, first amateur MMA fight. She's focused, composed. Yeah. So she's doing, <laughs> and this is like similar to the John Jones Machida choke. She's just starching. Yeah. Guys. Good for her. But it's all amateur. It's all amateur so far. Long way to go. Yeah. But still, cool. Pretty cool. Good yeah. for her. I didn't think uh, Grant Hill's daughter would be doing MMA. No, that's cool. All right. And I think that should be. Hold on a sec. 
Wait, Joe Rogan uh, responded to Tyson Fury? No, no, no. I just Googled that to see if he oh, did, but he sick. didn't. Yeah. yeah, Rogan's not good. No. Respond back. You already mentioned that Jim Brown passed away, unfortunately. Um. Oh, this one I wanted to show you real quick. This I'm not sure which league this is in, but apparently this is a very rare submission. It's like a reverse omoplata. Filthy. He flattens out. Filthy. Tight move. That was sick. Have you ever seen that happen? uh, I have. Um, Only thing we didn't cover is uh, Katie Taylor. Oh, yeah. And uh, Devin Haney. So Katie Taylor lost. It sucks. It's the first time, you know, she's the face of boxing out there, really. And, uh, you know, she's this phenomenal female. Great. Great aura about her. Everyone loves Katie Taylor. Absolutely adore Katie Taylor. My, here's my issue. So this is a huge fight for her. First time she's fighting, what are they, the, the crack, what the hell they call it out there. First time fighting out there in Dublin. And then they, she fights a girl, five-pound different Heavier, you know, yeah. weight class, undefeated. She wasn't set up for success there. It's such a tough fight for her. I, this is how you know she lost a fight. When Homer's like Connor. And the the Dublin Ireland media go. It was a draw. She lost seven to three, man. Easily, easily scored. Now with the Lomachenko uh, Haney fight, that one's different. But again, everyone's biased because you have this older fighter in Lomachenko fight the young buck who's going to dethrone him. That fight, nobody got robbed. I would have liked a draw, but if you go back and watch it, which I've done twice, I, you can see how they give it to Haney. It, the the judge they gave to Haney in the I think in the tenth and eleventh should lose his license, but overall nobody got robbed. I can see how they gave it to Haney. Mm. Unpopular, so just very close. Unpopular right? opinion, yeah. but I think because of our bias that Lomachenko is this older fighter, he needed this one. He's a smaller guy fighting the bigger, younger guy. You you're rooting so hard for Lomo, you're looking to give him rounds. But you can see if you have an unbiased opinion how Haney won the fight, and I don't want to see a rematch. Is that it, dude? That's it, man. Great, grand. Wonderful. There's no fights as far as I know, unless something completely went on under the radar. But yeah, other there's just this, which UFC wrote to the octagon. How dare you? <laughs> I know that's all. Just say I tried. I just tried. No, yeah. Just say there's nothing. There's nothing. Um, all right, kids. As far as touring goes, um, tour picking back up. Shout to the Ice House. Had a great time at the Ice House last Friday. We'll have another one late July, but uh touring officially starts um in the comedy store at la jolla right outside san diego la jolla comedy store is june 2nd through the 4th that's two shows friday two shows saturday one show sunday and then after that jumping across the pond i'm in belfast ireland northern ireland is june 15th one show only it's a theater run so one show in every city belfast is june 15th glasgow june 17th manchester june 18th london june 22nd Cardiff, June 23rd, and then Dublin is June 25th. Dublin is going to be the highlight of that trip. I think I absolutely love Dublin. It's at Vicar Street uh, Theater there. That's in Dublin. One show only on a Sunday, June 25th. Get your tickets right now at thickboy.com. All right? I will see you soon. Europe, what's poppin', daddy? That's it. Love you guys. Uh, Be nice to each other. Like, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. I'll see you out there on the streets. See ya.